Welcome to Discovering Alternative Health Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Sensabaugh. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing a local business owner, Karen Gray. She is the owner and practitioner at Green Mountain Hypnosis. As a registered nurse and clinical hypnotist, she's seen many facets of healing in medicine. Coming from a medical background myself, I'm in awe of her mission to heal as many people as possible. Despite the changes in our current Western medical practices, she's taken the driver's wheel of her own destiny and those of her clients, sort of making me think of like Doc from Back to the Future. Yes, I'm dating myself here. As he says, roads. We don't need roads where we're going. (laughs) Karen may have as many work hours as Doc in that time machine too, although her science stuff is more rooted in neuroscience. With having a 200-hour certificate in clinical hypnosis, she continues her cutting-edge learning with between 100 to 150 hours per year. That's dedication and passion right there. So with further ado, here's Karen Gray. So hi, Karen. Hi, Lisa. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's so exciting to do this. I had reached out to you because we ran into each other a long time ago when I remembered you. You have your own hypnosis company and you heal people. And that's kind of the whole purpose of what I'm talking about. I'd love to learn about what you do. And I think since we're kind of doing this after the holidays, probably stress and anxiety might be a good thing to talk about. Always a good (laughs) thing to talk about. I know. I guess we could apply that anytime, right? But I'd love to learn like how it works and kind of let you kind of lead the show here for a little bit. Perfect. Thank you so much. I am so excited for this podcast that you're doing. And the one thing I would add to your wonderful, gracious intro is that I don't necessarily heal people. The thing that I am an expert in is teaching people how to use their own abilities to use their own innate excellence to heal themselves. Oh, that's beautiful. We all could use a little bit of that, right? Right? Yeah. And we have these these brilliant, brilliant minds. And it's like getting the giant box of the IKEA furniture and there's no instruction. <laughs> all you have is a box full of boards and screws and and little widgets and things. And I mean, absolutely, we are all capable of sitting down and making some kind of a structure out of that. Now, with that image in mind, imagine what you are capable of if somebody tells you how to use all of the things in the box. And that puts you in a position where you are at the mercy of nothing. It's very empowering. That's very empowering. That is what hypnosis does. And I do, I do run a clinical hypnosis practice. And the reason why I designate it as a clinical hypnosis practice is it mm-hmm. it separates it in the mind from hypnosis for entertainment. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right? I think that. All hypnosis uses the same mechanics, getting you to think about something in a different way. Though clinical hypnosis is aimed at those habits, behaviors, patterns, beliefs, the feelings that we don't want anymore or that could fit better or work better for us. So that's what I do. 
That's it sounds so empowering. Um, so clinical hypnosis, that makes sense. You talked about IKEA and putting things together. I think of um I always call things like tools in my toolbox type of deal. So you're kind of like it's like using finding tools to put things together. And I remember you saying that it was a very precise thing that you can do. So mm-hmm. do you have people kind of whittle down specifically what they're kind of really trying to do you like dig deeper and then work there or do you kind of start at the beginning it absolutely depends on where the person's at Mm -hmm. so my practice is client driven and i start every session with what's different what are you noticing Mm -hmm. and what is your goal what is the end result that you have in mind and from there we create that bridge from point a to success okay does that make sense yeah I I like the the metaphor of the toolbox. As we go through life, we experience things. We collect experiences and we we live. And from all of that, our subconscious minds build a database of what we can expect out of things and what we do when that happens. And it creates these generalizations, these umbrellas of action and reaction. Mm Mm-hmm. That defines, it creates a map of how we interact with ourselves and the world around us. And the neat thing about the subconscious mind is once it learns something, that's how you do it Mm. forever. Right, right. Until you replace it with something better. And there are a number of ways that you can do that. The fastest easiest and most versatile way is by going into the subconscious mind itself. And that's what we do in hypnosis. And I I promise I will tell you how all of that works. (laughs) So you already have a toolbox Mm -hmm. and it is robust, though you may not have all the tools that you need now for where you are at in life today. So you're trying to use five-year-old's tools in your grown-up life. And that mm-hmm. doesn't always work. Right. And you might be missing some tools. Or the ones you have might be pointy and broken and rusty and uncomfortable. Or they don't fit your hand right. Or any of those things. So by using hypnosis and making those tweaks, we can refine and grow your toolbox so that the tools you're using now fit you now. That's amazing. Does That's- that make sense? Yeah, no, that is amazing. Um, so I would assume the tools would apply to what their goals are for that time. Like if it was, again, like stress, anxiety. Do you treat those separately or together? I mean, I don't know if maybe it's like probably more complex. <laughs> I love your questions. Um, <laughs> so what ends up happening is... Like the tools for managing stress and dissolving, collapsing anxiety are essentially the same. So if we if we peel back all of the the nuance and all of the layers and and all of the personalization of a session, we're going to start by figuring out where you're at and creating a template of this is how you manage this. This is what you can do to change the way you think about it to change the way you feel about it and change the way you react to it. That template can then be applied to a whole bunch of other things. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it it becomes a a multi-purpose. So it's the introduction and teaching of the template 
how it fits in what you're looking at right now, and then how to adjust it, tweak it so it can go in all these other places. That's really cool. Do you find that hypnosis, does it seem to apply across all people with all different types of learning? Does that make sense? It does make sense. Hypnosis is universal. Mm-hmm. This would be a great place to start. <laughs> hypnosis is a big fancy word for accessing deeper levels of consciousness. And this is something that all of us do several times during the day. There's going to be people listening to this who started listening intently and then their mind started to wander and they're thinking about what happens next or I wonder what they're going to say or what do I need to get for groceries. And when that happens, that deeper level of consciousness continues to pay attention while the higher, the more conscious awareness is wandering around doing other things. I hear that. If you if you think of your mind as the conceptual framework of the processes of your brain, then we can envision your mind as made up of about three parts. Okay. Think of an iceberg. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit on top and the waterline and the big massive part underneath. And the big massive underneath is your subconscious mind. And it is And it is extremely powerful. And it's in charge of everything that you do not have conscious control over. So, okay, arguably everything. But more specifically, all of your cellular function, all of the minute processes that happen in your body, your organ systems, your body functions, everything that you do without having to consciously think about it, and your inner dialogue, your imagination your emotion, your habits, your patterns, your behaviors. And your subconscious mind has one job. It's to keep you alive. And it uses the ability to direct the behaviors of everything about you from your cells to your, your imagination to keep you alive, to protect you. That's why you can find yourself automatically doing something that you know is not the best thing for you. Because your subconscious mind has it in a pattern that this is what we do. Right. Like a learned response type behavior. Okay. So every time this scenario comes up, you are drawn to that behavior because that's what's written in your subconscious mind. Okay. So with hypnosis, are you changing that? Yeah. You're rewriting. It's like updating your phone. You're rewriting the operating system. It sounds, you make it sound so easy. It sounds so inviting. Why don't we all talk about all these things? (laughs) (laughs) Because we don't have the owner's manual yet. (laughs) You don't have the instruction sheet yet. That's so funny. It's funny the terms you use because I've used it my whole life with kids. Like my oldest is 19. I joke with patients and I I say, you know, even with little ones, I say, I'm still waiting for my owner's manual. Mine's 19, you know, like (laughs) I don't, it hasn't (laughs) arrived yet. (laughs) But you're right. Um, There is lots of life that are these choices that there are no manuals to. It's kind of, and I guess you're right. We don't, we only know the things we learned as a kid and we don't always, where do, where do we get those updates? Like modify the tool or um, change the response or even recognize that we even have that response. Sometimes we don't even like that. Right. So that, that resistance to doing different things, that's there on purpose. Your subconscious has a big job and in order to maintain the integrity of those programs, 
come back to the iceberg. There's that water line. Mm-hmm. And that is a, think of it like a gate or a filter called the critical factor. And that critical factor only lets information into the subconscious mind that is familiar. In other words, your subconscious mind really only registers things that it already knows, things that meet our expectations. This is how I believe a thing is, so this is how I see it. Right. And that filter, that gate, is why we think change is hard. Mm, Because you know you should be eating the cookie. Right. Right. While you're eating the cookie. Yeah. Because you had a crappy day and the thing that's going to fix it, according to that program set, is the cookie. Does it fix it? No. Are you consciously aware that it doesn't fix it? Yes. Does your subconscious mind always win? Huh. Um, It's just, I think of people talking about like how many days to change a habit or 30 days to change habits. Is hypnosis just an instant thing or instantaneous right (laughs) okay so there's a little bit more nuance to it than that but once your subconscious mind accepts something that is the way it is now in some cases there's still tendrils that need to be resolved um a trust in the process like we were talking about that you know you do actually have to put the cookie down to recognize that you don't need it. So there is an active part to this. Mm-hmm. Like I am an exceptional hypnotist. I cannot make you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you how. Right. I can show you how. I can install that reprogramming in your subconscious. And you have the ability to do anything you please. You still can. So there okay. is a piece. But that once that programming is there, like riding a bike, once you learn how, you always yeah. know how. Okay. So I guess that leads into what I was thinking too is does it is it something that you have to periodically like check in or update or um I don't know, like if a physician you check in to see how you're doing, give an mm-hmm. update. Is it working? Is it not where you're at? Kind of like checks and balances, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Yep. So the let me give you two pieces to that answer. And the first one is you are going to self-select the things that are best for you because that's what we do. Okay. So whatever comes out of our hypnosis sessions is what you've chosen. That's go- it's, it's called a hypnotic contract. It's your subconscious mind's ability to say, This is what's going to work best for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the suggestions, the hypnotic suggestions that I'm giving are not so specific. Like you really like lima beans because they're really good for you. I don't really like lima beans, no matter what anybody says. (laughs) It's more like, you know, all of those healthy foods that you believe and you know in your heart and mind, you should be enjoying more of. And immediately your mind filled up with the idea of all of these healthy foods that you know you should be eating more of, right? That's the process of self-selection. Okay. So the suggestions allow you to become the best possible version of you without me telling you what to do. The times that the only time it requires updating is when you outgrow your belief set, which happens. We are in a state of constant evolution. You're not the same person. 
relaxing you were last week or probably yesterday for that matter. You learned things, you discovered things, you let go of things. So the belief sets and the patterns that you were holding on to yesterday or last year or when you were 12 probably don't fit you now. Right. And the ones you have today may not fit you next year. So that's the process of updating to check back in. Okay. Wow. That um, you unpacked a lot. It's amazing. I can see where this would work really nicely for somebody to um I think I have a lot of thoughts in my head right now. Dialogues are kind of like how do people can heal themselves for alter- alternative types of healthcare or medicine. Um and I think we don't realize how much power we have within ourselves to heal, whether we learn to align with different things. And I think this is really neat to say, oh my goodness, I can simply learn this. I don't want to say, do you call it a behavior? I mean, when, um, so you, they're, they recognize things and have daily practices throughout this. Is that how, or are you starting off the day saying, okay, this is my intention? Ooh, you're adding steps that don't need to be there. I can tend to make things more complicated. That's probably why I love this whole thing because I've always been very sciencey and I've been in medicine my like over half my life, which sounds really silly, but um, it's triggered all these questions as to where medicine, conventional Western medicine doesn't seem to connect the dots. It's like this whole page, I got half of an animal, I connected the dots, the whole tail and the rest is not there. And I'm like, where is it? And I feel like it's, it can be found in so many other avenues that just don't quite meet the standards of Western care. And I think as we just need to move forward in that more, it just seems so simple, much simpler. So I have to try to, I'm trying to work on how I process and trust the, uh, my intuition more. It's, I think in our very first conversation, I may have said things like, you know, I've been a nurse for, wait, where are we? (laughs) 17 years? That sounds right. Let's go with that. I've been an RN for more than a decade. Mm -hmm. And I've worked in a number of different specialties within nursing. And I love being a nurse. And there are pieces of the model of Western medicine that frustrate me to no end. And it took me a long time to actually see what the issue was. Um, A great example is how we work with diabetics. So that diagnosis comes with this huge list of do's and don'ts. Don't do this, eat this, don't eat that, be like this. And, And you get a brief amount of counseling, which is fantastic. And then you get sent on your way and you come back for your checkup and, well, you need to be doing this or you can't be doing that. And that's the feedback that 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 pattern gives. It has been my experience that most everybody knows what they're supposed to do. That's not the problem. The problem is how. And the barriers or, or the, the roadblocks in the way, those patterns that say, I've had a really crappy day and ice cream fixes it. Yeah. Or the patterns that say, I don't have the level of self-worth that is necessary to care for me. Mm-hmm. That is not a thing that Western medicine addresses. Right, right. So yeah. when I was introduced to hypnosis seven-ish years ago now, it, it, I, I will tell you, I was insanely skeptical. Like, 
my partner came to me and he was all excited because he just got recertified in his hypnosis certification and said, you have to try this. And I think I looked at him and said, you know, I'm a nurse. I do science. (laughs) I don't think this is for me. And I got that look, you know, the, that look. And so, okay. And I got hypnotized and it was the coolest thing ever because I'm, I'm, in this space where I'm consciously aware of everything that's happening. And he's telling me to raise my hand and my hand is just raising and I am not directing it. It's just cool. And then it clicked. This is the answer. I need to know this. This fills in all of the gaps of how, right? How do we help yeah. people help themselves? How do we help people get over the things that are in their way? Right. Right. I think there's even a bigger hurdle where patients don't necessarily even want to walk into a building anymore. I think never in history has it been more important for us to really kind of like open our eyes and really kind of take a look at what's around us and what's really going on. And um, I do think there's way more people open-minded to a lot of alternative stuff now. Maybe, I don't know if the pandemic catapulted it or not. I'm not sure, but I do see a plus side to some of the stuff that went on. Um, I don't know what you found in your practice. I think that I think the tipping point that I saw as a result of the last two years is that people are more willing to try other things. There's, I almost want to say there's less complacency, if that makes sense. Yeah. And people are more, you know, so people are more willing to say, okay, this isn't working. Mm Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say that this might work. So I'm going to call that lady and see if it does. Yeah. That. Yep. And that's, I think that's where it comes. I, I feel like medicine really isn't a one size fits all. And I do think that there's a place for conventional Western medicine, but I do feel like all of the, a lot of the stuff can just run right parallel with whatever care you're having. And it just, to me, can accelerate whatever state or like you said, compliance with trying to understand what you were just told in your your practitioner's office of all the information. Again, I got a lot of information, but I don't exactly understand how to implement it. Um, I know what I'm supposed to do, but this is how I got where I am because I, I, I have trouble with that. And then a lot of the work that I've done, especially in the last, let's say, eight months, many of my clients were working on contributing factors. Mm. I recently had a client who has atrial fibrillation, which all in itself is not a fatal thing, but it is so incredibly stressful. I have AFib and it can be, those episodes can be really unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because we're wired for them to be unnerving. When things are not right with our heart, all of the stress response gets fired off. Right. They're like, it's okay. That's just AFib. You're fine. And you're like, um. Right. I hate that sentence. So. <laughs> yeah. Fine is a funny word. Though, when you're able to modify your stress response, mm-hmm. then you do not fall into the cycle of the AFib starts and the stress escalates and the AFib escalates and the stress escalates. Right. Right. When you're able to modify the stress response then you can, I don't want to say it too oversimplified, but you you can glide easier through that episode. 
without compounding it. And the same thing applies to any cardiac issue, any heart disease. It applies to weight loss. It applies to migraines and headaches. And the th- you started out with, let's talk about stress and anxiety. And I love that because it's, it's my specialty. <laughs> stress is pervasive. The stress response itself is a physical event. It alters our body systems. Your heart rate increases. Your breathing gets more shallow and faster. Your circulation changes. Your digestive system, which is huge and uses a ton of energy, stops. Your body turns off everything that is not vital for survival, including higher cognitive function, which is where you run into the brain fog and the the memory issues and the clumsiness. Stress is pervasive and it requires a huge amount of energy to keep the stress response running, Hmm. which is energy that is not going into healing or cell regeneration or regulation of body systems. You're not getting the same efficiency of digestion. So your nutrient levels are off, right? Right. Stress is per, and you're not breathing is deep. Your heart's working too fast. All of this stuff means that your healing is going to be slower. Yeah. 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 You can only do so much at once, right? Yes. So by changing the things that you respond to with that stress response mm-hmm. and the level of your response, which is something that we can do with hypnosis because it is a function of your subconscious. So by changing that, you're able to react more appropriately to things and free up more resources and open up your circulation and digest things properly and wow. feel better faster. It <laughs> is so, you know, what's so wild is that it's almost like you were built for this because you were a nurse and you understand metabolics, you understand cell cell generation, replication, like death and all that, What the appropriate life cycle of cells and how the body works and applying that to this is just like really cool. I don't know if I've ever met and I'm sure there's a lot of people, but that like a a true clinician that especially like somebody who had their hands on the ground, like running it. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. That's wild to put it all together. Cause you can, you say it so well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's like a, it's like a perfect dance. You're like, yeah. Amazing. I like to tell clients that it takes the work out of it. Using hypnosis takes the work out of getting to where you want to be, whether it's weight loss or quitting smoking, or um, I've worked with a number of cancer patients. And sometimes we strictly work in creating those self-hypnotic spaces. The visualizations, the guided imagery, those things, those are all innately hypnotic. You're activating your imagination and creating a new scene that's hypnosis. It's like we've, we've, we kind of touch on things in our lives. We don't really know how to apply it, like to the depth of what you're talking about. And it's almost insane to think that some of this healing could be that simple. And we're kind of taking the long way around. (laughs) Well, yeah, because we grew up in a, a system that says, you listen to your doctor, you do what he says. If it doesn't work, then it's your fault because you didn't do it right. And that that's, I yeah. mean, you had me right up until that last part. 
I still very much believe in medicine. I, I believe in the chemistry of it. I am a giant science nerd. Love every bit of it. Mm-hmm. But there's more to it. Right, right. And we have more more ability than we can ever imagine. Such an empowering tool you have there. It's so empowering to think the broadness of what you can heal and cover. And and honestly, I guess you're right, like stress and stress response. Think of all the ripple effects of that. And I know modern medicine is really just tipping, touching bases on that. We were studying in Boston just even just how OB would um, treat a patient uh, pregnant, putting them, say, on bed rest for a really, really long sense of time, actually deciding if the stress actually and just exacerbates their situation into, you know, perpetuating it into more of a stress um, where they end up having a more of a negative outcome than a positive with not that intention, truly. So they've kind of altered some ways. It's just working on the stress of mom because, you know, you always say if Mom's not okay. Baby's not okay. Right. So actually treating the patient and baby as a whole, not just one person treats baby, another doctor treats mom and it's not together. It's really disconnected and it still is somewhat disconnected. And it's just in the baby's kind of discovery of this whole stress thing. But right. And if you're able to, once you give a person the ability to modify themselves, the ability to do that, then Yes, you can put someone on bed rest because sometimes that's what has to happen. Mm-hmm. And you can also add in these hyp- hypnotic techniques and tools so that that is a less stressful thing to happen. Right? Yeah, that would be fabulous. We can do that. That would be so cool. <laughs> you can see all these applications where it could fit so well and so beautifully. Um Almost as like that missing block, like again, people become a diabetic, whether it's just for pregnancy or not, they go see a dietitian and they're confused. And depending on their age, they're just, they get overwhelmed. And I've seen all kinds of things where patients get very upset and they go, I don't really know what to do. I don't care. I'm just going to granola bath. I'm like, okay, okay. So, and it's hard because not every portion of Western medicine connects, even connects within each other. Right. So, and then you try to pull in things and it's really difficult. And I feel like, gosh, this could intertwine so beautifully into things. I think you have like, I call this your superpower. This is amazing. I hope there's a lot more people like you in the world because I don't know, you know, you always say you want to help so many people, but. (laughs) (laughs) How long did it take you to learn this? Actually, now thinking. I'm, I I was trying to remember this before we started. My initial certification, I believe, was about 200 hours, give or take. And then I do between 100 and 150 more hours every year. Oh, wow. It is uh, the concepts of hypnosis are rooted in neuroscience. So it's super cool. And... (laughs) And so as that advances and as we get different understandings, then we get to adjust and improve and and use better language to describe what it is that we're doing. So it wow. and and that's really fabulous that you threw that in because I think some people think it's oh, it's woo-woo. It's something um oh they just t- you know, you know, you like you said. Oh, I do. 
a clinical hypnotist. I'm not, you know, the person that puts on a quote show. Right. <laughs> this is not for show. <laughs> this is the real thing. No. And I love your explanation of this is, um, it's a tool and you'll have it and you can continue to use it as opposed to just a single episode that you have only while in present in your presence. And so that makes things just that more elevated and so powerful. And not only are there individual tools, like things that you can do in the moment, there's also self-hypnosis. I teach clients how to get yourself into that hypnotic state and give yourself suggestions. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's like wild. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. One of the questions that you have, um, I know you've only got an hour, but one of the mm -hmm. questions that you had on your list is what does working with a client look like? And mm -hmm. I would love to add this in if mm -hmm. that's a place you're ready to go. Sure. Not that we are never going to talk again, but. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. I definitely want to talk to you right. again. <laughs> um, so when I, when I work with clients, it starts with an initial strategy call. That strategy call is a time where I get to know what it is you're looking for. What is it that you want to change? And then I let you know what working with me looks like. And we decide if we're a good fit and we move forward from there. And it's often that there's a lot of subtle reframing and changes and things that happen just within that strategy call. Because when you're in a place where you're ready for things to be different, even if you don't know how, you open up to the possibility of all of those changes happening. Yeah, yeah. So typically, I'll work with clients over a series of sessions. Most things I start with five. They're about an hour long. They're a week apart. We do them remotely, which is even cooler. Yeah. And in those sessions, every week we start with, what's different? Where are you at? What did you notice that is going really well? What did you notice that's kind of sticky, that needs a little bit more support or resolution? And I use a combination of hypnotic modalities, whether it's uh, neuroplasticity or neurolinguistic programming, NLP, or there's different types of hypnosis. There's conversational hypnosis where you and I are just talking and I'm tossing out metaphors and, and getting you to sh shift and change the way you're thinking about things. And there's that traditional trance hypnosis, the close your eyes part. And so we use a combination of all of those as we move through the session. The other thing I give my clients is audio programs. I've built a library of recorded hypnosis sessions over the years. So so that you can, you'll be able to use those independently and they complement, they build on the work that you and I do together. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that's, that's what that looks like. Okay. Okay. That, that's great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, this has been so great. You have, like I said, you have a superpower and I think the world needs to hear it. <laughs> We had a whole world of people like you. We just have to uncover them all, right? I love how you explain things. I think this was, this kind of blew my mind even more than I thought. And I, I just feel like in my heart, we'll talk again. And I'd love to stay connected with you. We live in Northern New England and you have your practice. I know you said you do virtual stuff. 
do you do stuff with people all across the country? I do. Oh, okay. Right now I have clients as far away as Idaho, I think. I think. But yeah, and that's the beauty of doing it virtually. This is one of those cool things that came out of the pandemic because when, you know, the world went sideways, I had an option. I could just stop or I could go remote. And I opted to go remote because I'm on a mission. And this really neat side effect happened. And it has to do with the way we anchor positive experiences. Like if I use the word, what's your happy place? Does something come to mind? See how your face lifted up? You feel all kind of warm and fuzzy? That happens. Yeah. Okay. That happens because in that place, you had a positive emotional experience that forever ties them together. Yeah. And this is a thing that used to happen in my incredibly comfortable recliner in my wonderful office. By taking the sessions remote, you get to anchor all of these incredible, Incredible, powerful, empowering, positive experiences in your space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you find closer can, connections remotely because they're in their own space as opposed to in a practice setting? I think there's a comfort level that happens. Mm. And you're familiar with that. Somebody comes in for their thing and they're all kind of me. And <laughs> regardless of what's happening or the actual level of stress that's required for this, people are more tense Yeah. when they go yeah. to a clinician. Yeah. You are way less tense when you're sitting on your couch with your computer. Gosh, it's almost like breaking past the beginning, the intro, and then you're like, okay, we can start here as opposed to let's start way back here. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. And and it does totally make sense. However, it's funny how we don't think of things till we're forced into settings where most people didn't. The world of being remote wasn't really, it was kind of um, only in certain uh, types of job settings that people even considered doing that pre-COVID, I guess. Yeah. I think um, what you do is absolutely fabulous. Never stop doing it. And I okay. think you'd be a fabulous teacher. I think I don't know. I love your energy. You're you're an incredible light in the world. You really are. Well, thank you so much. It was my honor to talk to you and learn all this. This is fabulous. I know people will get a whole lot out of it. So thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. And, and have a fabulous rest of the day. You too. Go be awesome. <laughs> you too. Take care. Take care now. And that was my interview with Karen Gray from Green Mountain Hypnosis. How empowering was that? Hypnosis has so many layers I never realized. What an interesting way to help change your habits, patterns, and beliefs. Honestly, I've been trying to learn how to meditate. I don't think I've been too successful at accessing my own deeper levels of consciousness. It's wild to think that it could be that simple. What have I been missing out on? Speaking to Karen makes it seem so simple to access our own deeper levels of consciousness in a different way. What an eye-opening conversation. Thank you for listening to Discovering Alternative Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this topic or want to hear more from Karen Gray, please message me or share this on social media. Sharing healing information like this is such a gift to send out to the world. And you'll continue Karen's mission and our mission You never know who this will resonate with. And as a result, together, we can change the health of the world. You can find Karen Gray at GreenMountainHypnosis.com. Karen even has online stress relief sessions. How fun. 
Thank you again for your time. Can't wait to talk to you next time.